you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1089 over at uh, ID10T.com slash vintage. We're adding new stuff I, pretty much every week. Um, we've gotten some vintage iron-ons and we're ironing them onto some vintage clothing. So we got some like vintage ET stuff. We're um, uh, putting some stuff on vintage uh, members-only jackets uh, just because it's fun. And we got a heat press machine, <laughs> and so we're playing with it. Uh, and so go to ID10T.com slash vintage to see what's there. Uh, there's also new items there, too. We're adding more and more stuff. And uh, uh, subscribe to the email list. Follow us on Instagram. You know, do all the things. Uh, we really appreciate it. Let's talk about you, the ID10T community. Events at ID10T.com, like Melissa, who writes, I just want to share an amazing business two friends of mine run. Um, it's called R&F Haberdashery out of Davenport, Iowa. Um, and they make dog collars, cat collars, leashes, and bow ties. Bow ties for dogs and cats. They're all handmade, all kinds of unique designs. Check them out at... R and F Haberdashery, H-A-B-E-R-D-A-S-H-E-R-Y.com. And follow them on Facebook as well, R and F Haberdashery. Thank you so much. We have a dog. Uh, sometimes uh, my wife has uh, been known to put him in a bow tie or a straight tie. I posted a picture of it on Instagram. And you know what? He looks quite smart. I was going to say he looked fetching, and I'm like, it's too punny. But then now that I'm explaining it to you, I've already said it, so I should have just said it to begin with and committed to it. But that's not what I did. Uh, so thank you so much, Melissa, for writing in events at ID10T.com. This episode is Mr. Ronald Funches, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, just a brilliant person and comedian and actor, performer, uh, gamer. Um, Ron is just a wonderful, 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 wonderful human being. Um, he has a, a new show on Quibi called Nice One, which is a brilliant spin on a comedy panel show where everyone who comes on has to say something nice about whatever the topic is. And it's a blast. I did it. It's up there now. Um, and so you can watch it. And then also he's got his podcast Getting Better. So you can get Ron Funches there. He's got a bunch of acting gigs uh, coming out. And this is being released on September 2nd, 2020, September 5th. 2020, uh, Ron is going to do a live socially distanced uh, show. So he's doing a live show in front of a socially distanced audience, which is going to be available on the internet for 24 hours. I believe it's at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, he's going to do, uh, you know, because he wanted to do a live show and he wanted to put it up, but it's only going to be up for a day. Uh, it's not going to live forever on the internet like so many other things do. So it's just, it's just a quick flash. Uh, if you go to ronfunches.com, 
uh, you can find info for it. Or if you go to Eventbrite and search Ron Funches, it's called Ron Funches Awakening, a live stream comedy event. And that link will have uh, all the details and information that you need uh, so you can watch it. I just couldn't be happier for him. I love him so much. And uh, yeah, let's get into the ID10T podcast number 1089 with Mr. Ronald Funches, owner of all the points. From at midnight. Uh, Let's roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Hi, Chris. Boop, How you doing? Boop, boop. Oh, I saw you for a second, and then the video I went know. away. There, there you are. Go. Here I am. Hello. Hi. It's so good to see you. Uh, first of all, I love you, Ron Funches. Secondly, uh, how are you? What have you been up to? I love you, too. And nice to see you, too. I'm doing well. You can see on my finger. I'm married now. I got That's married. a wedding band. I see a wedding That's band. It's a wedding band. I got married on Friday, last, this last week. It was beautiful. Um, she's the best. I love her. It was a fun, simple wedding at a place uh, in on La Brea that they just let four people there, all in mass. So I just had my best friend, and she had one of her friends, and my son was there, and then we Facetime my mom, and and just kept it really simple. And and you know, this time where everything feels not solid, I just was like, I know I love her. I know it's going to be a chill wedding. It was super chill. We we just had the wedding, ordered some food, and then watched 90 Day Fiance until we fell asleep and didn't have sex until the next day. So. <laughs> <laughs> that there, You know, there's something that's really so wonderful about all of that without feeling the pressure of like, did we do it? Did, did, did we do everything we're supposed to do with a wedding? Did we have all of the, oh my, was everyone happy? Was everyone, mm-hmm. you know, because weddings can tend to be about a lot of times everyone but the couple. Oh, you know, yeah. one parent wants this experience. Another relative wants that experience. Someone else's, you know. People and, can't sit next to this person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and the the emotional pressures are real. Why was I sat at this table? Does that mean I'm not blah, blah, blah? Or why did you put that person at that? Yeah, that's all that crap. Yeah, I like keeping it really simple. The only thing I, I missed out on, though, is that, you know, I never thought I'd get married again after my first marriage. And so I really like... I love celebrating it and I would have loved to be like, this is my wife and I love her and everyone here are all my friends through my life and, and we're all coming together. So I still miss that. Cause I, you know, I would love for you, for you to be there. I would have loved for, for my mom to be there. <laughs> that yeah. would have been nice. Um, but I still, I think there's still just a lot of positives in, in the way that we did it. And the fact that, there was no obligation. There was just like, well, we just really love each other and that's what feels solid and everything else feels not solid. So let's lean into this. You know, it's, I'm just, I'm, 
I'm obviously people can only hear you. They can't see you, you talking, but it's one of the things that's so great about podcasting. Another podcaster is that your setup is great. The audio sounds great. You have your own headphones. You have a great mic. Like it already, you know, a lot of times I'm sure you've had this too, where people are just kind of using the external microphone on their speaker and it's like, mm-hmm. it works, but, uh, but I, yeah. from one podcaster to another, I appreciate your setup. Oh, absolutely. I understand exactly. There's some of them. I go, well, I guess maybe this one's going to have to be a Patreon exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. It's a special one for just the fans, you guys. Yeah, because you're going to really have to love it to to make it through these sound issues. You paid for this. <laughs> special. This is what you get. That's really fantastic. How are you enjoying? I mean, I remember when you started the podcast. Is it? Is it? Is it still? Has it evolved in any particular surprising ways? Or like, what? What? Do you, how do you see it now versus when you started? Uh, um, yeah. Well, we just had two year anniversary, and and mostly, I just think I'm a better listener now, which I take into my my interviews the other way. So I think I'm a much better listener. I don't just try to lead and direct things where I want to go. I just start and then see where things take me. And if they go off road, I'm, I'm better at getting things back on. Um, and then I learn more to just embrace talking about myself and the make myself a focal point of the mm-hmm. podcast which sometimes I had been um, hesitant to do I'm kind of hesitant to do that a lot of times in in my comedy I, I, I like collaboration I like being a part of an ensemble and I, I'm learning because I have goals I want to be a leading man and things and so I had to learn to like oh people like me and people want to hear more about me and so I have to uh, continue to just be more open can confirm that people like you. I swear to God, even up until the last shows that I was doing before the quarantine hit, which was like maybe a week or two before I was at the punchline in San Francisco. And I always meet people after the shows without fail. Uh, I hear I miss at midnight followed by I love Ron Funches <laughs> without fail at every show, every set of shows I was doing, I, I would hear that. So people do love you and they do want to hear about you. Oh, I appreciate hearing that. And I would always get the reverse. People say, I love at midnight. And then they go, is Chris Hardwick really as nice as he seems? And I go, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's really nice. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, that that part of the, I mean, I'm not a comedian. I've talked to a lot of other comedians. I'm not a comedian. I love doing stand-up. I, it's my favorite thing to do. I don't feel like I'm choking inside from not being on stage all the time but mm-hmm. i do miss the personal connections i do miss going and seeing people's faces and being say, able to say hi to them afterwards do you ha- do you have the same experience or is a large part of it like do you just miss being on stage most no i miss the whole the whole aspect of it all of it the whole kit and caboodle um i miss getting on planes and traveling to places i miss not knowing like I miss meeting new friends and and people who had never heard of me before coming up to me with this look on their face or, um, you know, because I'm a very chill guy. But sometimes I would go and I see people and like they would be shaking when they would meet me, you know, and and the fact that I would have any type of effect like that on someone always was all made me feel awestruck. So I, I miss like all of it. I miss people applauding when I walk in a room. I miss just landing and, and going and take my nap, my pre-show nap. I miss all of that. <laughs> the ritual. You miss the ritual of it. 
yeah, yeah get so used to it and, and for a while I was hesitant to do any of these like zoom shows or anything like that because i was like oh i just want to stay ready for when the live shows come back and they're going to mess up my rhythm and took me a while but and i saw maria bamford do a zoom show where i was like man she's still solid she's still killing it and she's she's not getting the feedback that she's used to but she's still providing such a service to people and seeing people in these zoom rooms that i had seen in clubs that i had seen in and i could recognize these people this guy's from denver this lady's from seattle and i was like oh okay i need to continue honing this because who knows how long this will last well, yeah, and and you know, never forget that you are an experienced comedian, and you, and one thing comedians can be pretty good at is adapting to different circumstances in which to perform. Because if you've done college shows or corporate gigs or club shows or theater shows or you know, or you showed up to a college where they go, oh, stand over there at the end of the uh, the cafeteria, and everyone's studying for finals, and you have to figure out how to make it work. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Ithaca University. <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen to you there? <laughs> yeah, that exact thing. Going to the corner of the cafeteria, they're going to be eating food and, and going about their day, and and, and you just do your best. <laughs> <laughs> those are the those sort of adaptation stories are the stories that help you know d- help form who we are and how we survive i think you know comedians are really good at adapting and you know surviving in performance situations and so i have not done a zoom show yet but how are you fi- how many have you done and and how how are you finding them uh i've just done a handful um maybe about four uh, and the reason why, because I kind of like set a goal afterwards. I was like, okay, I'm going to make my own live stream show, which I'm doing September 5th, where through um, Christopher Titus has been doing a lot of his own specials and he's doing a Titus reunion show. And, and so we're going to have like 10 people in the audience and mass socially distanced. And then we'll, we're going to um, zoom it and you or YouTube it out live and then people can watch it up to 24 hours later and so I was like well if I'm doing that I better practice and and so I started doing a couple of zoom shows and of course they're like some are better than others some people know how to police the rooms better and and focus on and turn off people's mics because that's that's the real issue is that we we're never had because every part of the room is black, except for the lights that's on me, the focus is on me, the microphone's on me. When you're doing these Zoom shows, they're just in their house and there's this full 360 degree of things that they could look at or something could come through. Their dog can come and mess with them, you know? One guy's just like in the middle of his work eating Jimmy John's. <laughs> you're just like... <laughs> Nate, Nate Bargatze a little while back said on the podcast that he was he was doing a corporate gig and someone's mic wasn't muted and one of the people who worked at this company he just heard go I don't know just some dumb comedian or something like that <laughs> it's like and then everyone heard that you know so of course he played with it but yeah the idea that it's very difficult to get a room of, a, of even a few hundred people to sort of focus and feel like part of the show. But wow, when they don't even really have to be accountable to the, a, a room full of other people, it's like that 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 is a little bit of a rodeo, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a bit much, but I think it kind of takes me back to my open mic days, right? It's like, okay, focus on my rhythm, what I'm about, 
stay in the moment. If something weird happens, definitely comment on it. I've had a few toilet flushes during shows. (laughs) 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 And you just got to lean into it, lean into the chaos. Yeah. And I mean, you have to, because if, you know, at the core of it with standup, you're essentially creating like um, a like a flash community experience. Everyone comes together for one experience and then sort of breaks apart afterwards. And so, yeah, those though, this is just a different forum for new mm-hmm. types of experiences. So it's wonderful that you're able to you know, incorporate those and play with them and make it part of the show. And I'm sure. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, you know, at the end of it, when you have that glow and that excitement and and, and that happiness, you don't have that. You just kind of feel sweaty and you. (laughs) Well, that happens. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's more of that it becomes a lot less about oh what i'm getting out of it and more about like oh it's a really stressful time and and some people really need this and so you just kind of like oh i'm providing a service even though it doesn't feel as good to me as it used to you know yeah have you have you done the uh the animal crossing show i'm doing it tonight or Fantastic. tomorrow night tomorrow night tomorrow yeah night, comedian yeah. jenny yang who's a, an animal crossing fan created this brilliant idea of doing shows in animal crossing. And it's just such a, it's such a great idea. Are you, you, so you're doing it tonight. Are you doing animal crossing specific material or are you just pretending like it's just like a regular comedy club? I'll do a mix of both. I'm sure I'll do a mix of both. Cause I could definitely talk trash about Tom Nook and the things going on in the world today <laughs> and, and Timmy and Tommy and, and that creepy dog that has his own little photo island that we know what he's doing that night. It gets weird over there. Oh, yeah, there. there was that weird month where you had to go to that island and, like, take wedding photos of the characters. I'm pretty sure they were llamas, maybe, but in the in New Leaf, they were the ones that would mod your furniture. But now you mod all your own furniture. So all, their role seems to be like, well, they they were... They got, they got, they renewed their vows. Like it was a very complicated story. They renewed their vows and so, or something. I don't know. Did you do that challenge? No, I I don't mess with Harv. I don't, I didn't ever liked him from day one when I met him with, with his headband. And he looked like, he looked like the type of, like a trust fund hippie, you know, where it's just like, he wants to do drugs and acid with you, but it's like, well, you got something to fall back on Harv. Uh, the rest of us got to go to work. We don't all have mommy and daddy's money. <laughs> That's that's really funny. Yeah, the Harv thing is really strange. There's a lot of stuff about the because I'm Animal Crossing accidentally came out at the perfect time to be absorbed really? by Animal Crossing. But I am sort of fascinated by number one, it's nice to escape into a completely idealized world where the worst things that can happen is that you have to maybe catch a ribbon eel for someone and you get bitten by a mosquito, maybe sometimes a scorpion or a tarantula. But in general, it is this just very idyllic, oh, ah, yeah. it's perfect. It's I perfect. think for me, what what really made, because I feel like, yeah, the couple video games have kind of saved my sanity this year. Um, and they're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty because that just helps me get out a lot of aggression. It's kind of been like a social social game for me to talk to with my friends. And I started my own Twitch channel and, and been hanging out with people that way. And then Animal Crossing, I think it has the cuteness and the joy. And it also has this like, well, oh, I'm in control. 
I can plant these flowers where I want, these things where I want. I can see the impact of what I've done. And I think at a time where we kind of all feel like we're less in control and less impactful, that's why that, that game really helped me this year. How is your, I, you know, I said to someone the other day, boy, I wish I put the time and energy into my career that I have put into my Animal Crossing Island. It is so <laughs> well organized and really, I really thought it out. How's yours? Is your, do you have different sections or do you kind of have an area where you just drop stuff? Like what, what's your island like? Right now it's pretty abandoned. I've moved over <laughs> mostly to playing Fall Guys a lot. I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys and Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, but but my island basically is that I took a, a corner of the island, the full like four square blocks of that island, and I made that my estate. So like I have the whole private beach. Mm-hmm. I have a big house. I have a gigantic backyard with telescope yep. and things like that. And then I have a full gigantic front yard with a barbecue and a moon rover you know the things you would have in a wrestling ring in my backyard <laughs> covered in barbed wire uh and then all of my residents are kind of sectioned off into the right hand corner of the island and what i professionally refer to as the projects so, <laughs> so you so I, because i i put all all my islanders are on one section of an island too like my my island is is like sectioned off into three or four strips and I have water features running through it that separated them. And mm-hmm. um, and so they're all in one section too. And I knew we were in deep when my wife started buying um, the uh, the Amiibo cards. Mm-hmm. And I was, we're just like inviting the strangest, like I have a, a sheep who's a clown. I have a robotic yeah, dog. Pietro. Pietro, yeah. I have a mime dog named Marcel and a superhero cat, like, I just got all the delightful weirdos and uh, and we were able to, I was able to pull them in and she kind of assembled her, her uh, super friends as well. And, you know, it's, it, it, sometimes I wonder like, should I be writing instead of doing this? <laughs> but I, it's, I, but every morning, you know, I have my routine, I have my coffee, I dig up the fossils, I clean up the weeds and the sticks. And, you know, I look for red, the red fox who's ne- almost never there, maybe once Never a there. Never there. I hate the fact that he's never there. He sucks. But also, I, I, I hated Pietro, I got to tell you that. And he scared me, and I got I got to get rid of him. I, <laughs> I kicked him out of the island. His facial expressions re- weirded me out. I felt like if anyone in, in this island is a, uh, like a serial murderer that is running from a past, it's clearly him. <laughs> so I had to get rid of him. He he couldn't live on my island. And then I found out he was a pretty rare villager, but I didn't care. You just, you just <laughs> had to get rid of him. I also yeah. have this, um, I have a rabbit who's actually a gyroid named Coco. The gyroids from the previous game where they, mm-hmm. where they don't have, they just have eye sockets. And so, you know, C- Coco, the gyroid rabbit looks kind of like a horror show as well. So it is, it is a weird, it is a weird mashup, but I calculated that I think there's 41 or 43 art pieces that you can get from your museum that between paintings and sculptures and the amount of times that red actually shows up and now he can show up and have all fakes. Mm -hmm. If you didn't, if you didn't a time travel sometimes or visit other people's islands who are willing to let you take art that you don't have, it could take you like two to three years to fill your art museum 
with the infrequency of how much he shows up. Yeah, well, I mean, but that was kind of the hook of this game, right? It was meant for you to be playing a little bit at a time for years, but instead it's been put into this new world where we're like, well, I want to play Animal Crossing for eight hours a day, so I need some more content. Uh, So it's not the game's fault, except for it needs to speed up its chat and, and let me craft multiple items at once. That's what I don't understand. Fully, I fully, fully, fully agree. It's like, to have the same, you know, to have to, to to have to wake up Gulliver every single time. Like, I gotta poke him three or four times. He's gotta tell me about how he lost his communicator. I got we gotta go through this whole dance, you know. And yeah, you should be able to craft multiple items and stack more things, you know, because mm-hmm. you're gonna run out of room if you are gonna play the game for years. You're just gonna run out of room for stuff. Yeah, it's it, it, there's some problems with the game, but overall, oh, I love it and I, I I appreciate it. I do too. I wish one feature that I don't even know if they've ever considered is I wish I could buy real estate like on my wife's island mm-hmm. to have a to have a house there that I could and she could buy one on mine so that we could each be villagers on each other's island so we could have yeah. like an away home where you could store stuff and we could play it would encourage us to play together more because i could go to her island and put stuff in that house and you know now i just feel like oh we go to each other's islands we kind of get what we need we say hi and then we kind of you know in separate ways yeah we go back i do wonder what kind of expansions they'll you know what kind of dlc will happen in the coming years yeah, I just love that because I, you know, when I was playing on my Switch Lite and I, then I started streaming games and I was like, oh, I would like to stream Animal Crossing, but I'd have to do it on my re- regular Switch and you can't transfer islands. You can't right. do anything like that. And I was like, well, I don't want to s- start over from the beginning. Um, so I just like decided not to stream it. But I, I mean, I think it would be so much fun. I like Jenny's show. I think it would just be. I think I don't know if they already are doing it, but I mean, someone has to come up with that idea of just doing a crib style show where different celebrities and people are just showing off their Animal Crossing house and stuff. I think Gary Widow was doing that. The writer, um, uh, he, I believe, he had like an Animal Crossing chat show where he would have, and I think that's the one where Danny Trejo came on and like showed off his Animal Crossing. Oh, island. that's cool. That lo- but, oh, I love. Gotta check it out. Yeah, I mean, I would love to talk to other comedians and visit their islands and stuff and sort of figure out. And even my wife, that very issue that you're talking about, they only just made cloud saves a thing in, in a recent update. And but if you but if your game like before that, if your game got damaged, if your console got damaged, that was it. I had one day where I woke up and there was a, a data corruption file uh, with my game, and I was like, "Well, I think." I think that was just three months of my life that just, uh, I think that's done. Fortunately, it fixed itself and everything was fine. But yeah, uh, eventually you'll be able to transfer to another game console. But she did that. She just started over after like four months. She was like, you know what? I, I've dropped my old Switch so many times. If I drop it one more time, that might be it. So she got a new one, a new Leaf themed, uh, a New Horizons themed Switch model. And slowly started transferring all her stuff and kind of started from scratch. And she said, you know what? I actually really liked doing it because of how much I know about the game mm-hmm. now that I didn't know when I started the first time. So it allowed her to start already her hybrid flowers over. already. Yeah. It was really just kind of the month long process of 
getting resident services up and running, getting Nook's Cranny up and, you know, like into its various incarnations. And, but other than that, like she actually really liked the process of starting over, you know, with, with more experienced eyes. Okay. Well, I might do that, but I know that fear. I know that fear of your file being corrupted. And before the um, quarantine, I had lost my switch twice on the flights and then was, Every time, which is like, well, this is it. This is it. And, and luckily, both times they they found it and sent it back to me. Mm-hmm. But I was, I know, so I, I I got you know a lot of people hating on airlines, and I do too. But I gotta thank the good people at Delta for finding my switch twice and not keeping it. So thank. You. I think you know what I think. Anyone who's ever played a game understands it's not the it's not the physical item. It's the irreplaceable save that's on there that I cannot replace. That's where that's where the value lies. You're very, very, very fortunate. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so you said you're playing some other games. What are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fall Guys, which is this real fun um, multiplayer b- battle royal game w- without shooting. It's like a um, game show kind of like a uh, mxc like those old japanese obstacle course game shows so it yep. breaks down in like five rounds and there and there's one runner at the end of the game and, and it's really colorful and fun and also cutthroat and and and, and terrifying sometimes then a lot of call of duty and then i've been playing this game called uh ghost of tsushima where you're just like a japanese samurai that sneaks around murdering people that's real fun. It sounds like you're able to game multitask, and I am not. I am so singularly focused when I'm playing a game. It happened with Skyrim. I played Skyrim for a year and a half and nothing else. Mm-hmm. When I was playing Breath of the Wild, I played that and nothing else. Then Oh, Mario, as, as a Switch buddy, a Switch buddy of yours, I am well aware that, <laughs> that you, oh, yeah, you can see Breath of the Wild <laughs> I am for not about diverted. a solid year. <laughs> there was a period of time I was playing Splatoon 2 all the time and then you know and then now it's yeah it's just Animal Crossing and not, and nothing else because I can't my my sort of emotional game core cannot extract from one game experience and jump to another I can't packet switch in that way Linear. and yeah. so by the time I finish Animal Crossing which is who knows when there will be so many more games that I need to catch up on mm-hmm Lydia's no, it's always been that way. Yeah, I like to have a multiplayer game, a story single player game that I'm playing, and then sometimes just a game for for traveling. Man, that's that's really amazing. That's that's amazing that you're able to do that. I'm jealous because I know that it would be so much more of a rewarding gaming experience if I were if I were able to do that. But uh, you know, it's it seems like. I'm stuck in Animal Crossing for the foreseeable future. No, Although- I like obsessives though. Some t- like my friends are like that. Like I would try Stardew Valley and stuff. Like um, my farm would just be this rudimentary little chicken farm, and my friends would have like full breweries going on and wineries and and, and making gems and jewels. And I could just never get that deep because I'd move on to the next thing. So I, I the great grass is greener on on the other side for both of those things. But what an amazing time that you have to spend with your family, to spend with your wife. You know, it is as heartbreaking of a situation as it is. And I, I feel really grateful that I'm able to mm-hmm. spend all this time with my wife that I feel like, oh, my gosh, we would have both been traveling all the time. You know, it's like 
you it's really sort of reminded me like yeah your personal relationships shouldn't be that thing that you just default to at the end of the day you know mm. when you do all of your other shit it's it shouldn't be the whatever's left it should go back it needs to be like needs to be like we need to make time to spend together and 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 so that that part i'm very excited for you that you know you've just gotten married and you get to spend the first part of your marriage together in this, in this way that, that, that's really kind that part's kind of nice. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I think in any type of situation that feels oppressive and is like holding you in place, it kind of just refocuses what your priorities are. And in some ways, like for me, when I was looking around, I was like, Oh, like the way I was going around, moving around every day, going to different cities every week. Like I, it was almost like this hamster wheel that felt productive to me. But in, in reality, once I got a little break, I was like, that was killing me. That was like bad for my health. It wasn't, you know, allowing me to, to get a regular amount of sleep or to focus on my diet or focus on, on my exercise. I had to always find ways to fit those things in last. And like you said, just now I'm like, okay, like I just love spending time with my son. Like he's so cool. Such a weird, fun little guy. I like that he's 17 now and he's, he's, he followed his own rule that I was not a house rule that he was like, Oh, I can't watch R rated films. I can't watch TV and may things until I'm 17. And now he's 17 and he's all about it. He's watching 24 he's watching John wick. We watched breaking bad together as a family. Oh, it's that's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. That that's really fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, because again, when you start, as any performer, you know, you, you get very focused on yourself because you have, you build this career, particularly as a stand-up, because you are, you're basically the whole package when you're a stand-up, you're the marketer, you're the, you know, like you are the performer, you're, 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 you're every part of it. And you're also, it is about you at the same time. The stuff you're mm-hmm. writing is about you. And I feel like it can get, it can be very easy to sort of just get caught up in your own, as you called it, hamster wheel. And that's a great analogy and you do have to remember like oh yeah i th- th- this isn't you know that maybe this isn't so healthy you know like maybe mm-hmm. this isn't the best maybe this isn't the best approach so i wonder when things start to reemerge and when things start to normalize how will you how will you see things differently or how will you view and approach your career differently uh, i think i just want to approach it with more balance and what more of a mindset about my family and, and what I'm doing it for and, and more of a mindset that I, I've already won. Like the things that I've wanted to accomplish, I, I did accomplish and I have to kind of not that that, you know, gets rid of my motivation or my drive. It just kind of relaxes me a little bit from always feeling like, OK, well, what's next? What's next? I got to do something next. And because my wife would always say that to me before she goes like, you don't remember she said, you don't let any of these things land. You don't do any of these things land. You just move on. Next one, next thing. And and she'll, she'll even stop me. She goes, what did you do on Tuesday? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't do anything. She's like, no, you were on a nationally televised television show on Tuesday. And you don't even remember. It's like, so, you know, I think I'm going to start to try to let those things land and do things truly because I want to do them and not just for busy work. Yeah. And not just because you feel like I need to, I need to do this to exist. Your wife sounds amazing. And that is amazing advice to sort of be present 
because I think we, a lot, a, a lot of us as performers just live in such terror that the fire is right behind us. You know, it's like, I got to work. I got to keep, you know, if I stop for even a second, I'm not going to, you know, and now we're in a situation where everything stopped, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, if, if you don't, if you get into that habit of not appreciating those moments when they happen, you won't ever appreciate them. There's not like a finish line where you go, okay, I'm all good now. You just, yeah. what you adopt is just the habit of never being satisfied. And that's a, she's, she's given you just fantastic advice. No, absolutely. She, she does, often does. She often slows me down and, and refocuses me on, on what's truly important and doesn't let me get too much in my head. That's what I really like about her is that she truly sees the best in me. And the only time where I feel like, you know, I've let her down is if I've, um, you know, not met that standard. If I'm not, the only time we've ever seen her really mad at me is if I'm not, I wasn't as kind as she expected me to be. Or if I wasn't as patient with someone else that she, she expected me to be. She kind of always, like I even talk about it, I put it on my Instagram where like, where it's like, oh, I'm a leading man and, and, and. That's kind of how she treats me. She's like, you need to act at all times with class and as you're a leading man. And and she's been very helpful in that. That's fantastic because the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves are incredibly powerful, even in ways that we don't realize, even just in micro choices that we might make throughout the day. Oh, I don't know. That's I probably can't or I shouldn't or that's not, you know, and, you know, why not? <laughs> why shouldn't you? You know, why? Mm-hmm. Why can't you take a moment to reassess those and say, oh, no, I am. I am this. I do. I do. I can't. I do deserve these good things. I am. You know, you absolutely. Because if you don't, then who's going to? Yeah. It's personal power. I've never I've always hated that when I hear a grown adult go, oh, but I can't. He's like, what are you like? Who's stopping you? What right. is truly stopping you but yourself? We all have responsibilities. We all have fear. That was the, the thing that starting comedy taught me the most was that, oh, I still, whether I was working at my dumb bank call center job or, or my, my cashier job or I was doing stand-up, the fear was the same. I still had to figure out how to feed my son. I still had to figure out how to pay my rent. But the responsibility was all on me and how, how, especially when I didn't have a manager, it was like, okay, well, how many bookings can I get? How many people can I reach out to today? And I like that so much more than than when I used to go to the grocery store and see my boss pull up and just go, the checks ain't here, y'all. I don't know. (laughs) And then drive away. (laughs) Right. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. 
Wait, no, the perfect gift. And it needs to say, I'm a thoughtful person. And I appreciate you. And I know exactly what you like. All at the same time. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz fan, the zen seeker, the artist, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. A gifting moment is always around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Gift easy with Gift Mode on Etsy. And uh, thank you to Raycon Earbuds for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast, which we now rejoin. Well, I mean, to the fact that you chose a career that is that can be for a long time frightfully unrewarding other than just the shows that you're doing and knowing that you love doing it and you're passionate about it but it it can take years <laughs> before it becomes a you know like a way to be able to sustain mm-hmm. and again like i i always especially in los angeles new york comedians you know but obviously i the caveat is before everything you know before the quarantine but new york comedians really could go around and make a living you know la shows just don't really pay anything and so to be an la comic to come to la to do comedy is a bold thing to do because it's for a while it it can be tough to make ends meet because it just isn't la comedy is just not a real paying gig that's true but in the end i feel like that's one of the things that's helped me at this time because i feel like there's in comedy, there's like a lot of people who like to specialize and they're like, okay, well, I, I just want to be the best stand up in the world and this is my focus and this is what I want to do. Um, but I think what we've learned in any business that you have to diversify. And I think that being out here in LA taught me to diversify that, oh, I can't count on if acting might go well one year and it might not one year and I need stand up to be there. Stand up might not be going well and I need to be do some voice acting. And I think having and it mostly it just came back like i had a love for vaudeville i like you know and and watching those people like if you only did one thing you were starving you know so i i think that's the biggest lesson we're learning right now is to diversify to push yourself to see just how many different avenues your talents can take you into because if i didn't say yes to going into some audition to play a, a giraffe and trolls a few like five years ago i might be in a very bad position today right but you you still found a way i mean you should never underestimate much in the same way that your wife is saying look what you did on tuesday you were on a national television show that's a really big deal to look back and 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 really appreciate the fact that you know you've you've done well and you've gotten through you know even the hard times you've you've survived all these all these things and really created this wonderful life and this wonderful comedy career and both personally and professionally. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a big deal. Like the fact that you've been able to do that is a, is a really big deal. And I hope, you know, you're able to go, Holy shit. I, I, I actually, you did earlier. You were like, you know what? I've, I've made it. I feel like I've made it. That's a big deal to be able to do that. No. Yeah. Well, I've just done things I never thought I would do. And, and, and the, 
the more of those things keep happening and I just try to stay grateful and stay open and, and keep going to acting class and, and get more of these blessings. And I, I'm keenly aware as a guy who who's lived on the fringe, those are the people who I think about most at this time is because like I've, I've applied for food stamps several times. I've been on in that area and I, and, and those are the people who are the first to be cast aside when things go to shit. And, and so I, I worry about that, but at the same time, I'm proud that, um, through help with my son and my family and all that, that I and and people like yourself that I'm able to to create a wonderful career and a wonderful life. I love my son. I love my wife. I love my house. Like I am keenly aware of that. I was in a Zoom meeting with Helen Mirren. That's that, that's oh a sentence God, I never thought incredible. I would say. Yes, <laughs> that's incredible. Did you truly? Did you? Was it a big meeting or a small meeting? Did you get to talk to her? I got to talk to her. She was very nice. Yeah, no, it, I'm in this movie coming out on Disney Plus uh, on the 21st, and um, it's, it's full of stars. It is legitimately full of stars. It's like Sam Rockwell, Angelina Jolie, Helen Murin, uh, Brian Cranston, Danny DeVito, and then, and then under that it says Ron Funches. Oh, and that makes fantastic. me so happy. Oh my God, what is this movie? It's called The One and Only Ivan. It was going to come out in theaters in 2021, but now it's going to be on Disney Plus in in, in 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's really fantastic. I am so happy for you. I mean, the amount of even just your your Quibi show, it's just such a it was just such a brilliant. It's brilliant for so many reasons, because. You know, obviously, I remember when you when you would ask me to do the show and you go, well, you know, it's sort of like at midnight. And I go, Ron, at midnight is sort of like all these other panel shows. Like we didn't invent the, you know, you basically took a type of a show and not only did you make it your own, but you made it like you made it upbeat and positive, but still really funny in its positivity. Uh, the show, just for people who don't know, is called Nice One. And it's like a five to six minute panel show. And the premise is you introduce topics and then everyone has to say something quote nice about it. So even if it's like a backhanded compliment, it still is like, it's like a, a reverse roast, not a reverse roast show, but like an inverted roast show in a way you're like positive roasting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it for, forces people to use new muscles that a lot of comedians I mean I use it a lot but a lot of comedians don't use it that's kind of my style has always been is what can I find a positive out of what seems like a completely negative situation and, and that's what I like about the show and having my friends on there and then how it has these legitimate compliment battles and seeing people try to go for the jugular and then them being disarmed by genuine compliments it's yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> it, it 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 was. It's also a fun write. Like you said, it's a fun writing exercise because you can you can so easily just get caught in your own way of doing things that you don't really think about how you do those things. It's sort of like how we learn to speak whatever our native language is. You don't really think about the structure of language until you learn another language. Until you learn, oh, this is how. This is why, you know, we put a noun here and a verb here and a pronoun here. Mm-hmm. It was much the same way for like for as a comedy exercise. Oh, this is, you know, like to think about the, the crafting of a joke structure because you're writing in a different way because it has a different angle on it. 
is just mm-hmm. such a great exercise. I'll bet everyone loved being able to do it. A lot of people did. There's some people who just flat out didn't want to do it, like Anthony Jeselnik, of course, because he doesn't want to go against his persona and what what he's put out, although I think he could kill it if he wanted to. Uh, But yeah, I think a lot of people really like just the difference of it. And I like um, being a host and I like being on the other side of it and, and kind of trying to put shine on all my friends and all the people who I love comedically and get to see them. And that's one of the reasons I really like the show because I think for the most part, comedians are always put on the lowest end of the totem pole with entertainment. You know, yeah. they call us in to write for other people and do other things like that and then make them look better. And right. I like that. I, that, part of my job in this show was to go like, oh, Ricky Lindholm's here. Did you know she was in this and this and Knives Out and this and that? And she's amazing because that doesn't happen to us all the time. And so I like that that was my job to just be like, you don't know just how many things this person has done. Right. And, and more than even just like the jokes and stuff, I, I like putting my friends over. I like them looking like big deals because to me, they are big deals because I stand up is my favorite form uh, of those type of entertainments and so that i want more stand-ups to shine i i absolutely appreciate what you're saying and, I, and that's one of the things i miss the most about at midnight is not only just being able to help show people like look look how funny these people are look how funny they are but also discovering people that i might not have known before which you know in 600 episodes happened a lot and 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 I, I discovered a lot of new people. I was like, oh my God, I really am a fan of this person now. But I was so, it was so much fun to be on the other side of the podium from you. And I was just so delighted and happy and, and really excited to be a panelist on your show. It was, you did just did such an amazing job and it was a blast. It really was. And also I, it was not having the pressure of having to run the show was fantastic. <laughs> I get to just like write my a handful of jokes, come in, deliver them, lead. Like that, that part was really fun too. Yeah, you still did a good job though. You still, anytime I needed some help, you were there and I appreciated it. How many episodes did you do and, and when are they available? Uh, we did 10 episodes. They'll be out August 24th on Quibi. Um, so people check that out. Cause I think, you know, the bar there is not very high. So if just like a, a, a good group of people watch this show, I can maybe get a second season and rehire all my friends. And I, 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 I like making sure my friends have money. I really hope so. Because for anyone who's listening, it's like I said, they're five to six minute episodes. They're super quick to to watch. They move really fast. It's just, you know, fun joke, fun joke, fun joke, fun joke, right after another, and then it's and then it's over. Um, would you ever? Do, would you have the ability at some point to expand it? Like, were you able to take it and do like a twenty-one minute version of the show somewhere eventually? I think we could. I absolutely think we could. I, I think it's just about adding different segments and kind of, you know, probably stealing more stuff from At Midnight. But- <laughs> Take whatever you want. Honestly, I would be delighted. Nothing would make me happier than you to be able to uh, to do a you know like a panel show, mm-hmm. an extended panel show. It's so funny to me that in America, the there are there are a ton of them in England, but America just does not have that many panel shows. And I think mm-hmm. about why there's so many great comedians. 
There's yeah. so many great comedians. They're not, comedians with they're not expensive to make. And, no, and, and comedians love doing them because they don't have to burn through their material. They're not expensive to make, like you said. They're they can be topical. They can be evergreen. They can be, you know, yours is themed around about around compliments. They can be they can be tailored to any kind of thing that you want. Like it just seems crazy to me that there aren't more panel shows. I absolutely agree. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've been so excited for the show to come out because it fills a hole that of shows I like. Like you know, since your show's been gone, and 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 then they got you know they brought in the David Spade show for a while, which I thought was amazing, and I I truly didn't understand that decision. I was like, I don't know any other shows on your network that are bringing in Adam Sandler and all these other people to right. come hang out. Um, but there's just a whole because I think people love. They love that. They love when they meet someone new and funny they never heard before. That's what happened to me. Like your show did that for me so much. It, I mean, just the way that my club numbers were changing from going to that show. Like I want to be able to do that for other people. I and and I, I know that feeling you're talking about, and it's wonderful because I had that feeling when I used to do Chelsea lately. I watched my club numbers go up. People would come in, you know, there were like a few people that would come in from Talking Dead, a few from G4. And then the the Chelsea panel show thing, it was like, oh, my God, this is I get to be a comedian on a show and people know that I'm a comedian. And that's great because when you host a show, sometimes people show up and they go, oh, I didn't know you did comedy. And you're like, I've been doing that a long time, you know. <laughs> so when you get to go on something as a comedian, people go to see you on purpose as a comedian. And it's, it's the best. And I, I want that for all the comedians because it's wonderful. Yeah, Absolutely. And I just found that I, I, re- I didn't know, like, it was almost like when I got into acting, I, I, it was finding my second child. I thought I just wanted to be a stand-up, And then when I got into acting, I was like, Oh, I truly love this. I truly love the, when I fail at it and I love getting better at it. Uh, I love it. And then when I was go- coming to host this show, it was more of this like them coming to me and being like, Oh, we think you'd be good at this. I'd never had hosted a show before. And it took me about, going just going through the first episode and I fell in love with that just as much as I did stand up and acting and I was like I love I love being charming I love putting people over and I love wearing a nice suit so this is exactly what I like doing like whether it's this show for many more seasons or something else I want to host things I I really like it and I hope you get to do it more too like I said you did a great job and it 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 just is another muscle, you know, it's just like, you, you, you know, it's fun to play other characters. It's fun to do live action. It's fun to do voiceover. Stand up is so much you, but hosting is also you, but you're bringing you to a structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of takes on a life of its own. And I always, you know, whenever I'm hosting a show, I always like to say like, without sounding too hippy dippy about it, like the show will kind of tell you what it needs if you're listening everyone's a little bit different. It creates its own chemistry. It's its own organism. And you're just there to kind of guide it and be a part of it and just listen to what it needs. And that part is, that part's really fun. I I have no doubt that you'll get to post more stuff, especially now that, you know, like I know that some scripted things are going back, but I just have a feeling that there's going to be a a bit more of a demand for unscripted things because they'll just be easier to shoot, you know, Mm -hmm. in a, in a topsy-turvy, uh, you know, pandemic world. Well, I, I, I love how you put that, saying that the show will tell you what it needs, because I think that is a lesson I learned, because I think the, going through the first couple, first 
maybe the first two tapings, I didn't know what it needed at that time. And right. then I realized pretty quickly um, that I was like, oh, I'm the cheerleader here. I'm here to get everything over. And so from that moment over, then I started, because um, we had a warm-up comic and he was great at his job but then i started whenever they bring the contestants out i just started having them like hey go hey play play the old bulls intro music that i grew up listening to and i'm going to intro all these people so i'm going to get everything pumped up before the tape and even starts and then like before yes yeah, so before we're even starting i'm just like you know from at midnight six two you know like all these things just having fun <laughs> pumping people up i gave you a couple extra inches of height i appreciate I that you gave me several <laughs> i'm five ten in thick shoes <laughs> <laughs> before we'd even start they'd have to like stop the thing and pat me down because i'd be sweating already but i was like oh this is what this show needs it needs a cheerleader yeah and, and so i just started playing that role yeah and every time you start a new show you can have an idea of what you think it is but it's a relationship you know you form a relationship with it and you just don't know until you do it we were so fortunate that we we did um that we had meltdown as a space that in the three months, four months leading up to the premiere of At Midnight, we did a live show almost every week at Meltdown mm -hmm. to sort of learn like, what does the show want? How does it, what really works? It should work as a live show because it, ultimately it's a comedy show with comedians and you did some mm -hmm. of those shows and helped us form what it became. And, uh, and I'm appreciative of that because there's always a learning curve and there still was even once we got on the air. But to eliminate that learning curve as much as possible to understand, like, what is the nature of the show and how does it work and how does it relate to the audience? And, you know, what are the beats was just such an invaluable thing to be able to do. And I know when you go back for hopefully season two, you will have you'll be armed with all this amazing experience and information that you will then get to build on top of from that. Yeah, I mean, that's just life and, and all, all of life, right? Just trying to build on the previous experiences to get to to where you want to go. And and I I love that. I love the process and whatever it is, if it's more nice one or more whatever it is, I, I'm just happy to be working and part of this this community. Like I, I love that's one thing this quarantine has helped me remind me the most is this like man i'm so lucky the the all the kind people all the unique minds all the hilarious people that i get to be surrounded by in my life and that wasn't any accident i put myself here and i'm one of those people and i i love i love that yeah i mean i i really hope i hope you get to do more hosting stuff if it's nice one or whatever else it is i really hope there's a I really hope you're working on a Ron Funches centered scripted show, whether it's a multicam or a single cam or whatever. I just think, you know, I think you would have such a fun time do like being the star of your own scripted show, hosting stuff on the side, dropping in to do voiceover, dropping into, you know, live action movies with the, the Helen Mirrens of the world and the, <laughs> you know, all these amazing, and the Sam Rockwells of the world. And, you know, it just, it seems like you're really paving, laying the groundwork for this really incredibly um, full type of a career that will satisfy every kind of performance um, urge that you have. Well, I'm, I'm working towards it. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for, for a long career. I want to be here for a long time. I want to, um, 
you know, I want to die still like, but like, oh, well, we, we got to finish that voiceover he did before we die. <laughs> 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 I want to be one of those end credits at the end. And they got to go in memory of, I want that. <laughs> I know voiceover artists who that's their specialty. Like they'll go in and mimic voices either if someone dies or if someone else, just like if it's a big star who's like not available mm -hmm. or they just don't want to do it or whatever. And they just need like a, Hey, you know, or like something they'll go in and, and drop in those voices. The, the, the Ron Funches sound alikes will be yeah. will come in. Well, hopefully not for 30, 40, 50 more years, but hopefully not can... for 30 or 40 or 50 more years. What else are you, <laughs> uh, are you, are you, are you pitching anything at the moment? Like what are you, what are you actively involved in during this time? Yeah, I'm, I am. I'm working on my own show of, of, about my life and about Good. being a single dad of a son with autism and, and how funny that the life that can be. And then I'm just doing a lot of voiceovers. Got that Disney Plus movie. I'm in the Harley Quinn show that's on HBO Max and then uh, the Quibi game show. And I'm just at this, you know, I'm working on my live stream show, like I said, September 5th. Uh, going out on YouTube. I'm just trying to find any any avenues I can to stay busy and productive and and uh, creatively fulfilled. But so far, yeah, the show about my son and I is is my number one priority. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret?" Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. When you choose Organic Valley... Not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's O-V dot C-O-O-P. How do you motivate yourself when, you know, I, I, I'm asking because I, before quarantine, I had a sort of a ritual every morning of going to this one cafe. It was my writing time for 90 mm -hmm. minutes. I would literally eat the same breakfast every day, which may not surprise you. Um, mm -hmm. And just write, you know, just tweak and write and go over old mm -hmm. jokes and try to. And I found it really hard to motivate to do those types of things without even though I have my whole office right here, I'm in it. You can see I'm in it. Um, but without sort of that ritualistic structure, how are you motivating yourself to, to make sure that you do take time? Are you working on stuff every single day or do you set aside time during the week or is it just whenever it strikes you? How are you, how are you approaching that? No, I'm trying to keep a structure. I actually, um, Donick Carey, uh, I'm, I'm, you might be familiar with, but if not, he's a tremendous writer. He wrote for, uh, for I believe, The Simpsons, but I know he wrote for Letterman, and, and he also wrote and created this movie called uh, Good Trip that's on Netflix, and he came on my podcast, and he just told me that this acronym that he had been doing in quarantine to keep himself together, he called it Mr. Awe, which is just meditate, 
read, art, write, exercise. And he just tries to make sure he does that every single day. And I just kind of adopted that. And so, uh, which doesn't happen every day, but on, on a good day, we'll wake up together. My wife and I will make the bed, we'll meditate, and then I'll go and exercise. And then uh, right after my exercise, I'll go to my office and, and just do a free write for about a half an hour or so. And, and then watch some type of good art or, or, or something that I consider to be high art and, and just make sure that it's done every day. And then I just try to make sure I give myself a weekend. Like, even though the weekends don't seem to be as valid these days, I, I try to make sure like, okay, Saturday and Sunday, I don't do much at all. I play music very loud. Uh, what, my wife hates she's a very much a silence person she loves silence uh and, and so but on saturday and sunday she goes off to the pool house in the morning and i plump music as loud as i want and i dance all over the house and i smoke a lot of pot on the weekends and then during the week because sometimes it can be difficult i have my weed in a little kitchen safe that has an hour little clock <laughs> and it doesn't open until the evening <laughs> that is fantastic you've you've structured it in a way that, I mean, to know yourself that well, to know like, these are the things that I need to do to stay focused. And I need to take these temptations out of the equation until a certain time when I can give myself permission to do that. It's, it's really great because you're very in tune with how you work and also al allowing yourself the permission to enjoy whatever it is, whether it's loud music or whatever it is, in a structured way. I mean, you know, to a 20 year old, that must sound like, what? Fuck you. Just play music. And everything. But as you get older, you really do. There is that sort of unromantic process of like, you have to schedule leisure. You have to schedule this, you know, you'll appreciate it when you do it. Uh, it's, it's great to know yourself that well. Truly. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life to kind of stop getting mad at who I am and, and, and being like, oh, why can't you eat cookie, one cookie and put the rest away? Oh, why can't you just smoke uh, in the late at night without it being in a safe? And just being like, well, this is, I'm not perfect. This is who I am. I know when I'm motivated. I know what I need to do. And, it, and I keep just telling myself, well, I know the rules that make me productive and what works for me. And anytime I break those rules, it never works out. As many times as I tell myself, this time it'll work out. This time it's different. It never does. So it's not like, you know, following everyone else's rules and what works for them. It's just me knowing me and going, these are the rules that work for me. I need to get sleep. I need to eat well. I need to exercise every day. Other people may be able to get away with not doing that. They may have better genes than me. They may be able to do other things, but I'm not in that position. I have to do these things in order for me to function. And so I just choose to do them now instead of ignoring it like when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, that really negative self-talk thing too is also gener it's generally comparative thinking, right? Oh, a better person would do this. A different person would do that. Someone else, you know, that other really successful person probably does. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, you know, focus on you, understand you, do what works for you. And you found a nice, it sounds like you found a nice way to, get the most productive work out of yourself and not beat yourself up at the same time. Yeah. 
just still have fun, still enjoy life. You know, I still play several hours of games a day. I still get high pretty much every day, but I'm still productive, still writing jokes, still making sure I go to every one of my writing meetings and stuff. And it's nice to have that balance because I think when I wasn't following those rules, then I had to like shove these things and be like, oh, well, we got to do it. No, I can't. Oh, I can't pay attention to my son right now because there's a deadline and I have to hit this deadline. And now I just kind of just go like, oh, my son needs me. I, I will. I got to go talk to him because that's my job as a, as a father. The, this work will be here. I'll get back to it when I, when he, after he's done needing me. And yeah. that's been a big shift in me. That's really nice. And I, I don't think, you know, going back to something that you talked about at the beginning of the podcast, working because you enjoy it and not because you feel like, uh, you know, Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not valid unless I do all this work. Like, I don't, I don't think most people are going to get to the end of their life and go, boy, I sure wish I had obsessed over work more. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, it, it's good. It's really good to have that balance. And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just glad to see that you're able to be thriving in a, in a, in a, in a difficult, you know, in this, dif- in this time where no one knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> and you know, day to day struggles, obviously mental struggles, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Cause when this did happen, we didn't look at each other and go like, Oh, I'm so glad I took this gig or I'm so glad I had this thing. We, we looked at my wife and I go, man, I'm so glad we went to Japan in January. Yeah. I'm so glad we took that time because now who knows if when or if we'll ever get to go. And it was such an amazing time. We got to ride go-karts through the Tokyo streets. It was awesome. Did you and do the Mario Super Kart thing? Before they got taken down because of copyright. Yes. <laughs> God, they've been doing that for, I mean, Lydia and I went to Japan for our honeymoon in 2016 and they were doing that then. So they've been doing it for years. I'm mm-hmm. actually surprised it took that long <laughs> if there was a copyright issue. Yeah, they finally got taken down by Nintendo, I believe. And um, I think we we got in there a couple of months before they got shut down. But it was it was so much fun. Did you dress up as Mario? Like, I saw people actually dressed up as characters doing it. I dressed up as a bear, and my, my wife dressed up as Minnie Mouse. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. And it, the carts, by the way, are like little go-karts. They're not like full-sized cars. So Mm. we would watch people drive by and go, I hope that's safe. But I guess it was something that was just so common that maybe the traffic was used to it. I I think it's something that you could only do in Japan. It's not something you could do in Los Angeles traffic. They will just run over your go-kart and kill that whole crew. (laughs) So You would definitely get run over by a bus. <laughs> who For sure, would not be able to see you, you know, because you're, you're that, that those those go karts have such a low profile that they you would definitely get run over by a bus. Or the streets here are not in great condition. You would definitely like you you'd 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 hit a pothole and then that would be it. You flip it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you got to do that. Yeah, we loved Japan. I'm I'm I miss it there. I really do hope we get to go back. They, yeah, you know, we, we absolutely loved it. We we truly like. I loved Tokyo, and I got to go to the Tokyo Dome and see some, uh, some Japanese wrestling. And my wife loved Kyoto and all the shrines and all oh, yeah. the, the peacefulness, the more traditional areas, the the Maikos, the Geikos, all the geishas. So, um, I mean, I think just Japan has just something for everyone. It's such a and I never felt safer in my life. Just you were like, there's truly no guns here. You can feel it. 
Yeah, it was, it, it was really, I'm so glad we, I'm so glad we went there and I'm so glad we were able to go there. And I think, you know, we'll be able to, to do those things again. I mean, we went to Italy last year and then it was the same thing. We're like, I am so glad we went to Italy last year that we actually scheduled the trip and took the time and didn't let some like, oh, I have an audition or I got a work mm-hmm. thing. I mean, how many times have you like, put your life on hold because of an audition that didn't pan out or a show that you didn't was just like, ah, you know, I kind of tried to force this into my life because I thought I had to. And Mm -hmm. you know, you you don't ever remember those. You kind of remember the wonderful life experiences that you let go. No, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I think that's, you know, where the mindset has to change and it's where it has changed for me. I want more Japan, more, more, more sitting on a bench in, in Oklahoma City with my wife, just waving at people like we live in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do get to, as comedians, we do get spoiled in that way where we get to see so much of, you know, even if you just are toured domestically, we just get to see so much of the country that most people never get to see. Like who would ever... Like, why would most people think like, oh, I got to go to this one small town to this one college that in the middle of, you know, Indiana or whatever. And you really get to it, it's it's really interesting to see such a cross section of mm-hmm. of our country that that most people will never get to see. Yeah, I think it's the we have the best as far as like being knowing what real people like and what what the real America with real people want which is always so funny because then we you know we go to these meetings and they tell us like well we don't know if you fit in with what is going on with what americans are thinking like well no i tour all over america yeah (laughs) i understand i I fit in yeah i understand them they like me so so chill out yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i i have actual physical data i have numbers i can show you you know i can show you but again that's just you know i wonder if a lot of that'll change because as these structures are all, these traditional structures are all sort of breaking apart and media is all sort of breaking apart, it'll reform in some way. And I wonder if a lot of those, you know, if a lot of those middle range decision makers who like to just keep a ball in the air without having to say yes or no, because they don't want to take a risk or make a decision or, you know, get blamed for anything. If a lot of that will just sort of get folded aside and, Maybe maybe there will be more balance in our business. Who knew? Who knew? I hope. I don't know. I don't well, know. I think either way, it's going to be. It's an upheaval. It's the wild west. Things are weird and different. And to me, that that's good. That means that there's the ability for people to move up, move around. Like a lot of people are leaving. You know, people are like, "Well, how do you feel about Joe Rogan leaving California? That must suck." And I'm like, "What do you mean that sucks? It means there's more space for more people. It means whenever the comedy store opens back up, my slot is earlier. So it means a lot of positives for me." <laughs> well, yeah. Now it kind of doesn't. I think people are starting to realize, like, wait a minute, it may not entirely matter where I live if I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, there obviously are some jobs where you you really need to be there to you know to be hands on with it. But now that we're seeing the success of Zoom meetings and podcasts were never a thing I thought couldn't be done in person, and now I see that they can very easily be done uh, not in in the same room. I'm sure a lot of people are going, wait a minute, I could just. I could just live in Idaho on a farm. Like I don't, why do I need to be in the hustle and bustle of 
you know, I, if I'm a touring comic, all I have to do is just get, get to a plane when that's a thing again. And I don't know, what do I need to, you know? Yeah. I think that's good. Live where you want to live. I've always hated it when people come to Los Angeles and all they talk about is how much they hate it here and, and wish that they were somewhere else. I'm like, well, then go somewhere else. Like, you know, I personally, I love where I live. I love my home. I don't have any plans to leave. I love living in Los Angeles, but I think anyone doesn't matter what your job, especially, at, you know, as we get more and more in, in the, into the future, yeah. live where you want to live. Yeah, most things don't shoot here, by the way. Like, you know, sitcoms shoot here and a lot of host-driven stuff shoots here. But for the most part, most scripted things do not shoot in Los Angeles. So Yeah, you just might as well live in Vancouver, Canada. You could. You know, you, you, know, you <laughs> can send in your auditions via video or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. And then if they tell you to go to a city to shoot a thing, then you go and shoot a thing. So, but I agree with you. We like we like L.A. and, and you know, I, I, I suspect we'll, we'll be here for a while, but. Every once in a while, I'll just, you know, I'll just look up farms in the middle of, you know, <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's, that's real nice. Wow, 100 acres, you know, and it's not expensive. And you could just grow, have bees and have goats and, you know, grow fruits. And I, oh, I'm okay, really that's that Animal Crossing in you. <laughs> play, play Animal Crossing and real life Animal Crossing. At the same time. <laughs> I'm going to put my peach trees next to my apple trees, you know? <laughs> um, so, but oh, by the time this goes up, you're, do you know if the, if comedy crossing, the animal crossing comedy show, does that live online afterwards somewhere? Does it go on YouTube or something? Do you know? Cause by the time know. this goes up, your show will have passed. Even if they don't just check out the show when I'm not on it. Yeah. It's the show keeps going. It's an amazing idea. Oh, it's totally amazing. Okay, so I, I found it um, at comedycrossing.eventbrite.com and there's one coming up September 4th, which is after this is posting, so people will be able to uh, catch the next show if, they, if they're if they right on top of listening to the podcast when they go up. But uh, yeah, if you're a, just a fan of comedy or, or a fan of Animal Crossing and a fan of comedy, um, check it out because it is such a brilliant idea for a show. You know, again to see how people are adapting and how people are taking comedy and able to express it. You know, like we were talking about with your, with nice one to express it in different ways that are unique to their interests and their point of view. It's, it is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things is watching people be resilient and adaptive. It's, it it really is um, an incredible time for that. Absolutely. Incredible time to specialize and be yourself. Cause I think uh, right now, no one's going to have any interest in anything. Just, just run of the mill. That's trying to shoot across the bow. You know, at this time, I think you have to be genuinely yourself and providing something unique for people to pay attention. And and I just always try to focus on that. Like I see, you see that like with Andrew Schultz and, and a lot of comedians who are just honing in on themselves which, which is great at a time like this. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to promote? Uh, is there anything else um, besides the podcast, the Getting Better podcast? Uh, nice one, which I think is available. Um, August 24th. August 24th on Quibi. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything else you want to promote? Uh, I'm in a cartoon called Hoops that has uh, Natasha Leggero and Jack Johnson and Rob Riggle. That'll be on Netflix August 21st. And then, uh, uh, the same day, that's the day that the one and only Ivan comes out on Disney+. Plus. 
Um, and then just my 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 live stream show September 5th. I want to see I'm, I'm put my own money up to, pr- to produce this show. So I would like not to lose it. So please how, buy a ticket. <laughs> how long is the set that you're doing? I'm probably gonna do about 40, 45. And I'll have my um, it'd be like my road show, my my regular road openers, Blair Saki and Gabe Dinger will open for me. And then I will come out and do a mix of material that I was doing a little bit before this happened things i've been writing since this happened and talking about my marriage now will you still use some of this if you shoot a special in the next uh oh definitely this is going to be deleted after 24 hours so that i can resell it at a a high price (laughs) (laughs) that's so brilliant that's so good it hadn't even occurred to me to do that i was like god if i do the material and it's just out there i don't know Oh yeah, you could just take it down. You don't have to leave it up. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's all in the marketing. It is not a special. It is a live stream event. Please come on by and watch me work on this stuff. And how many people? Will, uh, uh, how is the how are, who's producing like the audience section of it? Um. Well. It's like partially me and partially Chris Titus. He has some people that he's bringing in, and then I'm reaching out to some of the. Uh, Los Angeles comedy omni- uh, audience well-knowns, you know, yeah. like, like Jake and, and um, Aldrin. And um, I'll reach out to a few other people and, and just make sure they're comfortable with it, that they've been quarantined and everyone will get, you know, temperature checked and sign waivers and all that stuff. And, and they'll be wearing masks while, while the performance is going on. Um, but yeah, I'm going to reach out to people who I know and love, know love stand-up comedy here in LA and try to fill the audience with them. Excellent. I, I will watch. Um, I really hope, uh, I hope that it is, I hope it's fun and not just a, like you said before, Oh gosh, I got through that. I think you will like it because you, once you're in the rhythm of it'll feel, Oh yeah, this, Oh, right. This, I, this mode, I for, totally forgot about this. Yeah. I, I think it'll be satisfying. I think I'll really love it just cause I, I, I never feel more at home than when I'm on the stage. So the fact that I'll be on the stage and, that that there will be some live people there and i've done many many shows with less than 10 people so <laughs> this, this will be fine it, those are the character building shows from early on in stand-up where it's like oh two people showed up and they're not sitting anywhere near each other it, it, you're right it's just like it's like the early days of going around to different open mics and and just like hey man we're just gonna get through this i'm just gonna do what i planned and we're just gonna you know but I yeah. think I think those people in particular will be so happy to have an experience that they've been missing for so long. So I think it's going to be great for everybody. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Well, Ron Funges, it's so good to see you. I'm so happy um, uh, for everything that you're working on. And, you know, anytime, anytime you have an open seat to come on this podcast, I will help you do anything that I possibly can to further anything that makes you happy. I appreciate that. You've always you've always said that and more than saying it, you've always proved it. And I and I truly appreciate that. You've always um looked out for me and, and I felt for no other reason than that you think I'm really funny and a good person. And, and those I, are the I those are the reasons. You. Uh so I, I send you virtual hugs and uh and I hope to I hope to get to see you in person soon. Absolutely. Same to you uh, and, and uh, to your wife as well. All right, the end. ID 10 scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.
Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.